right, so this week we are wrapping up our Advent series, and I'm going to talk about this uh, video for just a minute, in just a minute, and, and why I played it. But before we get started, I want to kind of, you know, every week I've told you about the, the, what week it is and what we're going through. And so we've gone through three of the four weeks of the Advent. And this week, the final week of Advent is the week of peace. It's also known as the angel's candle. It signifies the message from the angel in Luke 2, which has been the theme already overall of our message, who said, glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The peace candle wraps up the four weeks that we've gone through, which is the first week being hope, the second week being love, the third week being joy, which we talked about last week, and this week being peace. It's interesting because out of the four that we have before us, the peace is probably the one we lack the most of. We can counterfeit love. We can counterfeit joy. They're emotions. But peace has to be more than an emotion. It has to be something more than what you tell yourself. It has to be a, a way of living and a state of mind that is so far greater than anything that we can produce, but yet we chase so much peace. The peace of God is filled with perfect, is not filled with perfect circumstances, but rather faith in God through all circumstances. Matter of fact, the interesting part when you look at Scripture is when it talks about God's peace, it's typically never in the greatest of scenarios, but always in the craziest of moments within the story. Peter walking on water, Daniel in the lion's den, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. There shows up Jesus, and in that moment, his presence produces something that we cannot counterfeit on any stretch or imagination. I've got no scriptures to share with you this morning. I've got no, or this evening, that's going to be weird for me, no points to throw up there, and hopefully I won't take too long, but I am a preacher, so I can't promise. But I do want to share a couple of thoughts with you this evening about peace. First and foremost, I want to lay a foundational scripture, and it's not up there. You're just going to have to listen. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Anytime you read the Bible, you've got to understand that the words mean something. And so it wasn't just by accident that some words got thrown on a piece of paper and that he just happened to say peace twice and say these words a certain way. He says, peace I give to you. And to reiterate that his peace is completely different than anything and everything that you could ever fathom or imagine, he says, but I want you to understand, I'm not just giving you the kind of peace that money can provide. I'm not giving you the kind of peace that a, a, a stable job can provide or a good friend can provide or a good relationship. I am giving you my peace from my father. And, and then he goes on to say, he says, I do not give to you as the world gives you. Think about that. Think about how the world gives you. Junior, I'm going to give to you, but man, if you do me wrong, I'm going to take it back. That's how the world gives, right? 
I'm going to give to you, but, but, but if you mess with me, man, I'm going I'm to take it back. I'm going to give to you until I don't feel like it's been received. Or how many people have ever given a gift and said, okay, now where's mine? Because I give with getting in mind instead of just giving because out of the goodness and out of the kindness and out of the person that Jesus and God is, we just give. And that's God. He said, I'm giving not because you've done anything right. I'm not giving you because you've earned it. I'm not giving because it's what you deserve. I'm literally giving it to you because it is who I am. And it's the gift I want to give you. Peace. I literally just wrote a couple of thoughts down. And, and the first thought that I, uh, that I wrote down was this. Trust and obedience find peace. Trust and obedience find peace. So when we go... I don't have peace in my life. Let me ask you a question. Are you, are you being obedient to God? Nine times out of the 10, if you say no, I can tell you why you don't have peace. I'll say, even, I'll even go as far as 10 times out of 10, I'll tell you why you don't have peace. If you're not trusting him, how can, he, how can you live within that peace? If you're, if you're not whole, wholeheartedly, all in. Now, this is not somewhat in. This is, this is that, that going back to the, the, the water deep, ankle deep story in the Old Testament where, where he, we go in and think about how we go into a pool, right? Most people don't cannonball in. What are the, what's the first thing you do? You go and you dip your toe, right? Or your whole foot, maybe. Like you just, ooh, is it warm enough? I know I do. Because I'm not jumping into no, I'm, listen, I'm getting too old to do that. Like, 15-year-old me did the cold bun run once, okay? And if you don't know it, listen, some people call it the polar bear plunge. Listen, in California, there's a thing called the Delta where we lived, and it is cold as heck on January 1st, and we got in a boat, and we went wakeboarding in our summer bathing suits, and it's stupid, um, absolutely stupid. And so, you know, young dumb me jumps in. But the reality is most people, we, we, we go to the pool and what do we do? We, we dip. And then, then, then if it's, if it's good enough, then we, most people go to the shallow end and they walk in. And they walk in slowly to get a, yeah. I'm not going all in because you get to about here and your voice changes because it's cold. You just, ah. And then if you're like most people, you get to about waist deep and you just stand there. Probably because you're peeing. Let's just be real. Okay? But then, it's because you're also, you know, and then, and then, you, gotta, then you gotta quickly move away because it's warm. Okay? But that's besides the point. The reality is, is that because we don't, we wanna do God like we do the pool. Oh, I, I'm, God, I, I don't know if I can trust you, so I'm just gonna put my ankle in. And I'm going to ask you to prove yourself. See, that's, that's, that's not God's style. God doesn't have to prove himself. He's God. He created us. He created all things. He spoke things into existence. And so when he says, trust me, it's not with a kind of, sort of, maybe I'll do it 
if I feel like it, it's a go all in kind of thing. And so if you don't have peace, it's probably because it's somewhere in your life, you are still holding back from God the very things that he wants to work through and give you peace. God doesn't ask us to part the sea, amen? He just asks us to walk through it. He didn't tell Moses, Moses, you have the power to split the sea. He just said, hey, listen, I've got the power. Put your staff out and watch the sea part. And all I'm asking you to do is walk through it. And, 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 and could you, I mean, let's just imagine Moses for a moment. Standing at the Red Sea and God says, put your staff out and watch the sea split in half. There's some trust there to make you not look stupid in front of two million people. Because it's not like VeggieTales where it's like five people with you and you're like, well, if it doesn't work, oh well. There's two million Israelites with them. He puts his staff out and he parts it. And then, and then all God says is, your part is just walk through. God doesn't ask Joseph to explain his marriage and family to the world. Can we think about Joseph's role in this? Just for one second. Because in our Western world, it's like, well, you know, I got in a relationship with somebody who already has a kid. No big deal. For them, it could have led to her death. And the Bible says that Joseph was such an honorable man that, that he didn't want her life to be ruined. <laughs> Check this out. She is, she is betrothed to him. She is engaged to him. She has the son of God in her. And he is like, well, I don't want her to get stoned. I don't want her to, to be publicly humiliated. So I will divorce her in private and let her go about her way. This is what the Bible says. And an angel comes to Joseph, and, jo and, and the angel's like, hey, check it out. Mm -mm, we're not going to do that. You're going to stay married to her, and uh, you're going to raise the kid as your own. And hey, by the way, that's the son of God inside of her. His name's Jesus. He goes, oh, okay. He's never asked to explain it to anybody. Just to trust and obey it. Think about what everybody thought of him. Think about what everybody said about them. See, we, we make it cute and beautiful, and there's a beautiful manger with hay, and, 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 and the horses and the cows are all bowing down and, and, and lowly, and, and the shepherds come in, and they're all clean, and they're not dirty, and they just had a fresh shower. And the reality is, is that it's not how it existed. People would have known, oh, yeah, there's that girl from Nazareth, the one. I wonder who got her pregnant. And Joseph, who as an honorable man has to walk through town and walk through his life and knowing what the angel said, but knowing that he, was, he wasn't told, hey, go and excuse yourself for all that I am doing through you. He says, just trust and obey me. And what happens? He doesn't do what he's set out to do. He follows the path of God and he has peace with his decision. Does he have to go around and go, well, you don't understand. You see, see you know, uh, the Holy Spirit got uh, Mary pregnant. God, what? Explain that to people. No. All God said was trust and obey. If you want my peace, the very simple thing is trust me. If you want my peace, obey me. That's God's equivalent to give you peace. Peace isn't found in perfect circumstances. It's not found in amazing people. 
the right environments. It's not. Like, we don't find, like, so how many times have we thought, well, if I can just change my job, then I'll find peace. If I can just fi- change my friend groups, I'll just find peace. If I just change this about me, if I, if I change how I look, I know I'll find peace. If I change this, I'll find, and listen, all of that may lead to a little bit better environment for your life, but it will not give you the peace of God. It just won't. Because you're chasing a false narrative that God says only comes when you trust me. And we see that through the story of Joseph. We see that through the birth story of Jesus. Peace is found in a trust and understanding of God in your life. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, and some of you may have heard this uh, many times in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust God with everything you've got and don't, don't go back to what you think is right. Don't lean in on what feels normal. Don't lean in on what feels secure. Matter of fact, most of the time, if it feels secure, it's probably not God. I'm just going to be very honest with you. Most times where it feels like, oh, hey, this feels right, it's probably God's going, I'm just setting you up. Because I want you to trust me, and trust doesn't come with you being able to have the answers. Trust in God and lean not on your own thought process. People say, oh man, I trust my heart. Worst thing you could ever do in your life. Worst thing you could ever do in your life is trust your heart and trust your thought process. But you, you, God made them, yeah, and he told us what it's like. He said, the heart is deceitful. That's what the Bible says. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Why? Because we don't find peace in our own way. We find a lot of work. We find a lot of grief. We, we find a lot of emotional ups and downs. We find a lot of things, but we don't find the peace of God there. I've told you all this over and over again, two years ago, almost to the date, uh, last uh, month in November, you know, when, when all things are going crazy because of COVID and all this stuff, and I'm lo- we're looking at the, uh, the finances of the church, and we're wondering, what are we going to do? And it would have been really easy to try to make something happen, because that's what I like to do. I'm a fixer. Ask my wife. I, I, I've, ever since I was a, a teenager, probably even before then, I was a fixer. It's who I am. I want to rise to the occasion. I want to show that I can do something. I want to show and prove to people that I can be who they think I can be. And God goes, hey, this isn't about you, you idiot. Get out of the way. I'm looking at our our bank account for the church, and I'm going, okay, well, (laughs) hopefully McDonald's is hiring. And I had my freak out moment, because listen, to say that we don't have freak out moments is, is, is a lie. We all have freak out moments, okay? So breathe easy. It's okay. You have freak out moments. You're human. You have emotions. It's okay. What's not okay is to sit in those moments and wonder why God doesn't get you out of them. Because if you're not trusting and if you're not obeying, then it's hard for God to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so what do you do when those circumstances arise is the question. You want to talk about peace tonight. What do you do when those circumstances, when those moments in life challenge your peace? Peter looked to Jesus. I threw worship music on. I went to my bed. I laid down, freaking out in my, my brain. I, me, and, me and Stephanie talked about it a little bit. I didn't freak her out too much because I wasn't going to tell her like, hey, by the way, I'm not even sure if we're going to be able to pay our, our, our you know, salary next month, let alone, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. Um, and so, so I, we, we, we discussed it, and I shut it down, right? Discussed it, and then I shut it down because I was like, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail. And I went upstairs, and in my head, I'm going, okay, God, freaking out a little bit. 
I had a decision to make. And every single one of us have a decision to make in those moments where the enemy tries to steal everything that God is doing in your life and and God's on the other end going, I know it don't look right, but will you trust me? I know it doesn't feel good, but will you obey me? And I laid in my bed and I threw worship music on and I just prayed, God, you didn't call us here to fail. You didn't call us here to to shut up shop. You didn't call us here to get a year and a half in and freak out. So I've got two options. Freak out or trust you. I just prayed, God, you know what we need. You know the direction, you know the heart, you know our heart to serve Camden, you know our heart to serve this church. So if you called us here in the middle of the wilderness, then, then in the wilderness we'll be, but, but we're just gonna trust you. And I went to, you know, I prayed for a little while and I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. Can I tell you the circumstance didn't change? There was still that same number in our church bank account, which by the way, if, if, if I remember correctly, was like $12,000, which may sound like a lot, but it's not. It's not at all. Like that's one really bad month away from like closing everything down. Just so you know. My bank account, our bank account didn't change that day. And listen, if you don't think that I didn't check it, like, okay, God, maybe somebody just deposited a million dollars online. Nope. Still money going out. Still not enough money coming in. But I had a peace. Because I didn't lean on my own thought process. I leaned on God's. And God knew. God knew what I would do. God, listen, to this day, we're ending 2022, going into 2023 with almost $40,000 in our bank account. That's praiseworthy, by the way. You can clap for that because that's a good thing. All of our bills are paid. We have very little um, debt. We have one credit card and we have one, you could call it a loan. It's the ARC thing, okay? That's it. Does it look how I want it to look? Absolutely not. Is it where I want it to be? Absolutely not. Am I trusting God? Absolutely. Am I excited about where 2023 is coming? Absolutely. Do I see what God is doing in the midst of our people? Absolutely. Am I excited about the growth that is happening? 100%. But here's the deal. It's not about me and it's not about you in the sense of we can't create it. And when you try to make peace happen, you will never get it the way that God wants you to have it. I could have fought hard. I could have done all sorts of things. I could have done all sorts of weird things to try to grow the church. And it would never have been the way that God had called us to do it. And so we're faithful. So we trust him and we obey and we get peace. The only other thought that I put down was this peace of God produces significance. The peace of God produces significance. What do I mean by that? We listen, all of us chase significance on some level in our life. It's somebody that says, I don't want to be significant is lying to themselves. I'm not saying popular. I'm not saying rich and famous. I'm saying we want our life to matter. We want people to see something in us that they want to look up to, that they want to to be like on some level, some way, shape, or form. We want to leave a legacy. When our time comes to end, we want our name and our life to matter. Anybody that says different, I wouldn't trust them. I really wouldn't. I don't care. 
you do care. Even if it's just one person. I just want to make a difference in one person's life. That's significance. In order to get significance, you have to find the peace of God because significance isn't found in what others think about us. Significance isn't whether they see us or what we do, but it's in the legacy of a life led for Jesus. Enter the video that I played at the very beginning. So Lindsey Sterling, who sells out stadium shows playing violin and is really cool, she did this video, and if you notice, there was kind of this juxtaposition of two different versions of her. There's the version of her playing her massive sold-out shows in stadium arenas where she has phenomenal choreography and, 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 and dances and ballerina stuff. Dance and ballerina while playing the piano. Um, I guess guitar maybe, but playing the violin. And then she has this other part of the video where she is playing in the subway, I'm supposing in New York, maybe it's Chicago, where she's playing in the subway and nobody is paying attention to her. Nobody. Everybody's just walking around her. Everybody's just doesn't even think twice about her. They're just like, it's just another chick playing something. It's, a, it's another person that probably just wants us to throw a buck in their violin case. She probably had some lessons when she was a kid, so she doesn't sound horrible. Not realizing that a, a, a person who sell, who's probably going the next day to, to a sold-out arena is playing in their midst. She goes from looking like a nobody to performing like a somebody. See, and the reality is, is when you're around certain people, they will make you feel like nobodies when God has told you that you're a somebody. I have no significance. I have no purpose. I have no plan. And God's going, you're just in the wrong environment because you're not trusting me and you're not being obedient and you're not following my will and you're chasing after all these other things. You're wanting other, every man, I just, if Junior could just, if Junior could just see what's inside of me. That's probably what Sky was saying one day. Junior could just see what's inside of me. Life would be good. But here's the reality is that even if Junior sees everything inside of Sky and says, oh, you're the most beautiful thing in the world and I've been waiting my whole life for you, eventually she will be missing out on something. If it's solely based on his opinion of her. If I'm living for the opinion of my wife, who in July this coming year will be 20 years, I'm still missing it. See, the reality is when we seek significance in people, when we seek significance in roles that we play, when we seek significance in what everybody sees or thinks about us, it will feel good for a moment, but it will never suffice to the peace of God. I wrote this one thing down, and Hannah, you can go ahead and come up. I said, in other words, what will, will what you do today and how you live today impact other people's tomorrow? Whether they see it or not, whether you get applauded or not, significance isn't about the hand claps. It's about the life change. It's about the obedience. It's about the trusting in God every step of the way. So after that, I just put one little dot that says the greatest gift. The greatest gift was salvation, which gave us a relationship with God. That goes beyond, and, and, and here's what I want you to get. The greatest gift that we could ever get is Jesus. 
maybe you, 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 you've lost that thought process. Maybe in the hustle and bustle of life of trying to do something and trying to be somebody and trying to prove yourself to people and trying to look a certain way, you've, you've lost the, the very fact that the very number one biggest gift that we could ever have is Jesus Christ. Because that salvation gave us a relationship with him. And it goes beyond religious experience. I think a lot of times we, we look that and we go, don't, don't, it's okay, kids are coming in. It's just, don't focus on them. They're coming in for the candlelight, which, which, which by the way, hopefully you have your candles. It goes beyond the religious experience. And I think that's sometimes why we go to church. Oh man, if I could just experience God. No, salvation is more than an experience. Salvation is more than the requirements. Well, if I just do this, look this, pray this, act this way, then I'll be okay with God. No. His peace is, is, is and the greatest gift is, is more than a checklist and, and being perfect. If I just am perfect, listen, quit trying to add up to something that makes no sense whatsoever. None of you. None of you are perfect. Can we say amen to that? Like, like let's, let's bring ourselves down a notch. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. There's one perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. And he said, I came to bring and give you my perfect peace so that you don't have to chase other things down in life. But just trust me. Just love me. Just follow me. There's a to-do list, like when you walk in Sunday morning, there's no, well, hey, did you pray eight times today? Because that's the checklist to be a good Christian this Sunday. Did you, did you read 10 devotions? Man, did you worship to five Hillsong, two Bethels, a Jesus culture? Some of you are like, what in the world is he talking about right now? Did you sing five hymns? Did you quote two Christian authors this week? No. Because there's no requirement to be in a relationship with Jesus other than what did he say? Follow me. Follow me. Trust me. Let's go. And when you do that, that's where peace is found. Don't let others define your world because they will always make it too small. I'm going to ask our trumpeteers and our flute, flutist, flute, fluty, flautist. That sounds normal. And they say, I can't speak good English. Flautist. The flute player. Let me restate, let me, let me, let me say this again. Don't let others define your world because they will always make it too small. Jesus is cheering you on. He's cheering you on. John 1, 1 and 3 through 5 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then when you jump to verse 3, it says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life 
was light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. When we understand that we come to the light not to be perfect, not to have it all together, but simply, simply this. I bring my light to Jesus so that he can set me on fire. That's simply it. Listen, here's the difference, okay? This is me before Jesus. This is, this is the, the before Christ. It looks like a candle. The only difference when, he come, when I come to Jesus and I ask for salvation is simply this, is that I'm asking him, Holy Spirit, light my life up. The candle didn't change. Its purpose was always to be lit. The problem was is that the candle was running around trying to get lit by all the other areas in its life, realizing that it was just a fake moment. It wasn't until he came to the light of the world. See, all of us have a candle. All of us have a light. It is this light that he puts in every believer's life. And we carry the light of Christ with us into the darkness. And then listen, here, here's what it says. Check this out. I'm not even going to use this. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> listen here, devil. Can't steal my light. Okay, here we go. You stay lit. Here's the cool part. What does Matthew say? Matthew says this. Therefore, you don't have a candle. You can't be. Nope, put it back. This, this is what Matthew says. It says, therefore, go into all the world and be perfect. Nope. Therefore, go into all the world and be significant on your own. Nope. Therefore, go in your own power and your own might. No. It says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations for me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he goes, lo, I will go with you everywhere you go. Jesus promises that when you are found in his peace and in his purpose, his trust and obedience, and you pass it on, then you are going to be the light of the world and you're going to carry that light and you're going to keep going. Just keep passing it on. Keep passing that light on. See, and then we come over here. Hey, you. Easy. We pass it on. And we pass it on because we don't want it to take, ooh, 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 ooh. Where's your holder? Put it in your holder. Better go get a holder. We pass it on. Hey, Cole, go ahead and kill all the lights. See, here's the cool part. Is one light trusting Jesus and Jesus' spirit passing it on from the per one person to the next. All of a sudden, the darkness cannot Oh, we need more light. Uh-oh. See, at least my candle's not the only one that goes out. 
You, your, your candle's boo-boo. Now I gotta gently walk back. See, here's the thing. What, is the, what, is the, what does the scripture say? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Light can always make darkness brighter, but darkness cannot make light darker. So if you want the peace of God in your life, it's simple. Make the decision, not listen, don't make a what are the New Year's resolution this year. Make a commitment and a dedication. Jesus, I'm going to trust you even when it's hard. Jesus, I'm going to obey you even when everything inside of me says not to. Because I'm not chasing anything other than your love, your purpose, and your peace. And little by little, the darkness of your life it's blown away by the light. Will you stand with me? And Jesus, we thank you for that. That on a silent night, our world was changed. That God, while everybody else was about their business, the Son of God was being birthed in a lowly manger. You birthed light. And your life was light. Your life was pure love to the world. And so, Jesus, here we are in 2022, and we're asking for that same peace. The same peace that the angel said in Luke 10, peace on earth. And though we may look around and it may be tough and it may be hard to find that, it's because if we're looking for it in everything but you, we will be lost. But Jesus, we run to you this evening and we ask, fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your peace, God. That Father, that as we go into a new year, we would be filled with your purpose. And that God, that we would show off your light that in this world where there may be much darkness, the light has come to overpower it. I pray, God, that as we go our way, that we have an amazing time with our friends and family. God, we celebrate, we have laughter, we, we love on one another, we enjoy the moments. But God, we more importantly, we celebrate you. We give you glory and honor. And all of God's people said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 